2: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: The Around the NFL podcast. Spent too much time in the sun. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I did get a lot of sun on Springs. Take that personally. And I took that personally. Dan Hans is here. With one hero, Mark Sessler.
4: How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. You don't, you don't not partake in sunscreen? I do,
3: but I do have a um, a fair complexion, and the sun, where I was in Palm Springs, is remarkably powerful.
4: Yes, I have been there, and I, I would Got agree dinged. with you. It's a, de- it's a desert sun.
3: Uh, you know who else was staying at the hotel? Our old friend from the NFL Media Talent Summit, Tori Spelling, with her family.
4: Oh, that's great. That's I wouldn't know if I would call her a friend, but like we did we did meet with her um, in a room full of people. I don't know how that happened,
3: but she was there as well. How are you, Mark? I am fine. I heard the chaos cast went off very well.
4: I I um think that I learned that your job, some of the particulars around what you do right? are are tough. Um like the hours going into a show, I'm in a different mindset. I I also I was dealing with incredible allergies during the actual Ooh. show, so Challenges. you know battling some things but uh, Colleen, were you in the power chair? I did sit there. Did you yeah. make a lot of eye contact
3: with the Gravedigger?
4: don't think it made any difference, to be honest, on that front, but I get for your the world that you're in it seems to bear a lot of weight. Um, it was nice to be able just to see Gravedigger, who did a nice job on the show too.
3: Mm-hmm. How are you, Justin?
5: Oh, I'm doing well, thanks. We well, heard,
3: heard that you, went, you went to uh, yeah. heard you went to Hawaii, and uh, the weather wasn't exactly what you had hoped..
5: It was a little bit rainier than typical Hawaii, I would say. You got banged. But it was still nice to get away and have some time alone with uh, my girlfriend.
3: <laughs> it's almost as if they've become so uh, entwined, Mark, that he'll say alone, but it will be meaning with his live-in girlfriend,
4: yeah. Jessica. So there's a yin and yang to the two of them, it seems. Just like a lot of yin. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Just be careful with that. Okay he sounds like he him. he just started dating her like eight days ago which is very <laughs> endearing like
3: i think what sometimes gets as mark and i are you know older than you and we've been through wars and um is we're an appropriate I, word i think we're i think we're sometimes surprised Justin, that the passion is is burning at the level it is and i guess and i don't mean this in a negative way and if you play it back for jessica don't tell her she I will don't mean listen
5: this no she'll definitely listen to I this
3: i worry mark that yeah. uh, uh, you know burning too brightly could lead to issues down the line rather than having a, a steady burn if you will
4: uh, again i think i see where you're coming from but i mean these two may, maybe they have a special a special situation i'm also sensitive like to the fact that i feel that a number of times when i've spoken <laughs> on this uh unique relationship that it's been <laughs> twisted and turned into something else so i wish you nothing but um, fine tidings to the both of you. Thank you. Well done.
3: Well done. Uh, you can tell me your actual thoughts privately after today's I will, show. I will. <laughs> um, all right. Today's show. Good one. Uh, Greg is uh, going to be back with us um, uh, for our second show of the week. He is uh, in Hawaii as well. I hope he's not also what? getting...
6: What? What? <laughs> what? Done. what? That's what? Greg when he
3: saw the weather report.
4: Also, apparently no <laughs> effort was made for... Greg and Justin to link up and spend quality time together. Well, Justin
3: was alone. Remember,
4: leave it at that. Uh, By the way, coming
3: up, our second show of the week, uh, Eric Edholm uh, from NFL Media. He is very plugged in on the draft. He just put out his latest top 100. The draft, by the way, Mark, is
4: two weeks away now.
3: Two weeks and like three days as we tape this. How about
4: that? I do feel like what. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like this, uh, like the the extra week to the season, has this like insane effect on on everything because it's like this off season just yeah. feels way more compacted.
3: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that, and and yet it will. It's right around the corner, and then and then then only then, Mark Sessler, will our quote unquote busy season wrap up. Then we get to recharge the batteries post draft.
4: Those were the great. Uh, the minute we'd wrap our Saturday afternoon end of draft special. Within about eight minutes after the episode ending, you'd be with Chris Wesley and all of us like in, a, in the closest possible tavern mm-hmm. celebrating that kickoff. So that's <laughs> that's how we used to do it.
3: And speaking of the draft, we are planning something a little bit different. I don't want to share all the details yet for uh, the Thursday night um, show and how we're going to uh, tackle the draft this year. But we're excited about it. That's a little tease, industry tease.
4: It's a, I think it's like a, tr- a huge departure from what we've done in the past.
3: And uh, so stay tuned for that. Coming up uh, later today, one of our great buddies uh, in the industry and personally, Connor Orr, legend uh, around the NFL Hall of Famer, I say. If they were to open up a Hall of Fame in San Bernardino uh, down the line, and this is highly presumptuous that such a facility would exist, Connor absolutely has a bust.
4: Yeah, I think he would. I mean, have you been to San Bernardino?
3: I have. Not a speaking of taverns. Of you, me, and Wes, uh, a trip to Big Bear several years ago. Uh, you had insisted we stop at this San Bernardino tavern. No one knew how you even knew about it, and it was exactly as I would imagine one to be.
4: It was a complete disaster, <laughs> and you know, and I know that you uh you and Wes did not enjoy your time there.
3: It's all right. I enjoyed being with you guys. Uh, anyway, as I we was saying, Connor will be here, and we're going to talk some irresponsible conspiracy theories in modern football. But first, the news. Here comes third down and three. Spins it right side, looking for Odell Beckham Jr. He high points the football and has the six. Touchdown, OBJ. Touchdown, LA. That is a great call from our friend J.B. Long, voice of the Rams, and that was Odell Beckham in the Super Bowl. Uh, Not this most recent one, but the one before that, when the Rams barely uh, were able to get by the Bengals and claim that Super Bowl title. Beckham later in that game, I think the next series maybe, in fact, uh, Mark, if not a couple series later, blew out his knee on another reception. uh, And with that said, he now has a new team. Odell Beckham. Uh, And this went down a few days ago uh, is joining the Baltimore Ravens on a one year contract uh, worth up to 18 million, 15 million guaranteed money. I I read that there are some void years involved to kind of spread out the hit, but this is big time money for a Beckham who Mark, of course, uh, now I believe is entering his age 31 season and he is also coming off his second reconstructive knee surgery. And yet uh, the Ravens needed a wide receiver. And then there's the Lamar component of this. Your thoughts?
4: I mean, the money threw me. I, I don't know. Like, there, we, there were very, like, minor whispers in terms of interest for Odell Beckham at this stage. And, you know, he balked at the idea that he wanted $20 million a year. Well, he could get up to 18, so I think that him saying that that was a ridiculous report um, tells us what was really going on there. He did want this money, and I don't know why the Ravens needed to pay him this, uh, but I do think in general it creates... I, you know, Ian Rappaport mentioned that there is this sort of feeling that there's a likelihood that Lamar Jackson's going to come back to the Ravens. And I think this is an olive branch of sorts. Um, it's a team that's obviously struggled to draft wide receivers. They've been probably among the worst teams in the league at drafting and grooming wideouts, the opposite of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the rivals Odell Beckham, which version of them do you get? I guess that's the question for this kind of money. I mean, his first 62 games in the league, he averaged 93 yards per game. Uh, Incredible. In his next 34 games, 47.1. That's an average, below-average wideout. So which version of Odell Beckham do we get for this kind of money? And are we certain that Lamar Jackson will essentially be paying quarterback? Well, here's the other thing, I think, too. Mm. Odell Beckham, not a guy that's going to maybe go do every single thing in the offseason, right? He's at that stage in his career. He's we, always kind of trained on his own whenever he has that Right, which is not totally atypical. But new team, we don't know when Lamar Jackson will be back in the building, even if they do figure it out. And you've got a completely new offensive coordinator. I just I don't love that unless a lot of this gets solved quickly.
3: Now, Todd Monkin, who is that new offensive coordinator, was the OC in Cleveland when uh, Beckham was there. Obviously, it didn't work out with Beckham and, and – from what we hear in the reporting, that that was less about what the Browns thought of Beckham and more like an impasse between Beckham and then quarterback Baker Mayfield that kind of blew up that relationship. Um, yeah, it is it is a lot of money. I think it's kind of – I think most people think it's an overpay, but if it, if it helps the Ravens get their house settled and ultimately brings Lamar back, uh, it's worth it. And if, again, not to go down this road, this rabbit hole, but Lamar – doesn't have an agent and now Odell who does have an agent gets this like really big contract for a, a player coming off an injury who's been out of football for a year and a half, you know, maybe uh, some of this money, like maybe Lamar could have been getting some of this money. It's almost like OBJ is taking some of his money, but that's okay because Lamar and OBJ are celebrating uh, in Miami, I believe when the news comes down, obviously I don't think Beckham, who was also very much um, a target, of uh, the Jets. In fact, they had a meeting on Monday and according to Connor Hughes, uh, who covers the Jets and the New York sports scene, Beckham reached out to the Jets after this Ravens offer that night, Sunday night, I believe it was and said, Hey, can you match this? And the Jets said, no, we're not going to match it. So he, he goes to the Ravens and now we see if Lamar follows. And I just think uh, Mark's part of this, like with the Ravens and they caught heat uh, for how they've handled um, the Lamar situation to let it get to this point, but doesn't it start to get you get the feeling that this is going to settle in a good place for them and a team that we were like saying, wow, this te- organization is so well, is so well run for years. I can't believe how they handled this Lamar situation. They're going to probably end up getting him back in the building on this transition on this franchise tag that's not the exclusive franchise tag, so at a lower number, and now they'll have a, a you know marquee wide receiver at least a name value. And they'll go into the season feeling pretty good about their chances.
4: Yeah, and it was a a, a winding, almost endless drama uh, that might just have the most predictable result of all. I mean, there's not a lot of interest in in Lamar Jackson. We've heard nothing. We've heard nothing. So it's just a waiting game. I don't know at this point what the difference is in terms of money for a long-term deal between the two. Um, I think Odell this obviously created a different environment when you see him communicating with Lamar Jackson. It's like, yeah, I'm with you. I think that we're getting to a point where this is going to heal itself on some level. I don't know what it means beyond this season if he stays on this tag, but the Odell Beckham thing is a one-year deal too. And so I think they're trying to tell him, "We're going in all in on you." Uh, we 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 moved on from Greg Roman, which I think matters to Lamar Jackson too to some degree. So it's like there is these there are these like elements of where you can tell they're trying to work with the quarterback, but just not on the contract. So I think we're just a waiting game to see when he comes back.
3: Yeah, we shall see. In other news, this went down today, Tuesday. Jeff Okuda, uh, in 2020, remember we did the 2020 NFL draft from our area garages uh, right as the pandemic was landing with thunder at a level that none of us had anticipated. It was a weird draft. That was on my yeah. 40th birthday, actually, this
1: happened.
4: Well, you had a very weird birthday that year, too, where we, I think, uh, your significant other created, you know, not intentionally one Ooh, of the weirder group Zoom meetings that you'd ever been a part of in... And- it lasted for all four and a half minutes.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, she, uh, my wife, uh, I love her, um, thought it would be nice uh, given the state of the world at the time and there would be no party or anything to celebrate my, my birthday in April of 2020. She uh, organized a big Zoom call, a uh, video call that had all of my New York friends, New York family, L.A. friends <laughs> and colleagues, and she thought, let's just put them in a big old room. And when I walked into my living room and it was revealed that they were like had been cast on my <laughs> uh, my TV against the wall, it was just, I was horrified by it.
4: I didn't know. How do you I don't like mixing worlds. No, it's not like it's not. A, it wouldn't have been what I think would have been created for you. Um, I would say that I enjoyed it more than any of my <laughs> own birthday parties because of the level of bizarreness to it. And I did. I pulled the
3: I pulled the plug on it after about three and a half minutes. I said, no, Thank more you than... to everyone. <laughs> this was very nice. This is now over. And it's still a source of tension between me and my wife. Uh, But again, I loved what she was thinking. Just not my thing. I mean, would you like that? Not at all. I just, I wasn't... You like that I was dealing with it. That's understandable. Not just even
4: (laughs) particularly you, but like, um, even Greg, I thought, was thrilled by the whole thing. (laughs) It was just a car crash happening in very slow motion. Um, All right. Anyway, on that
3: day, April 23rd, 2020, the Lions used the third overall pick in the NFL draft. Um to take after, I believe, Joe Burrow had come off the board, Bryce Young had come off the board, Joe Burrow, I mean, uh, Justin Herbert would soon come off the board, Uh, Andrew Thomas right after the number three pick, Tua was coming off the board. The Lions took Jeff Okuda uh, with the third pick, and he has suffered uh, injury issues throughout his uh, young career, um, including an Achilles tear that wiped out the entirety of his second season in the league. Well, the Lions decided to move on, and they send Akuda to the Falcons in exchange for a fifth-round pick in this draft. And, and, and Mark, it tells you that the Lions, obviously, were down on Akuda and the value they get back tells you that the Falcons are like, yeah, we'll take him as a reclamation project. He's interesting to us, but that's where his value is, and that that's a pretty big dip from number three overall.
4: Well, you're right. So when you hear these reports that you know Team X wants to trade up into the top five and everyone – gets all hot and bothered about it. Well, three years from now, that could be one of the worst moves you make. So it's like the draft is such a hit-or-miss situation. I thought Okuda had a bit of a bounce-back year last year. He wasn't great, but he was far from like the disaster that he was, an injury-riddled disaster as well early on. Um, I mean, the Falcons, I think it's like for a fifth-round pick, why not? You have A.J. Terrell, Casey Hayward, you have Mike Hughes. You added Jesse Bates at safety. I mean, this was one of the worst pass defenses In the league last year, so if you get the better version of Okuda, you can decide what to do with his fifth-year option, which they'd have to do before the season. I could see him as a one-year rental and then maybe hits free agency again. This
3: is a very common uh, trade that you see. Depressed uh, draft asset from several years back, moved for a day-three pick, the team gives up an asset but a fifth-round pick, which is, let's face it, a dart throw in the league. And then the the other team takes on this guy, and you hope maybe there's still that magic, and we'll see if it happens for the Falcons, who did have a lot of issues uh, stopping the pass last year. So just stockpiling bodies and seeing if, if Akuda takes it makes sense, and the Lions are in the market to uh, improve that defense. In other news. Speaking of the draft, so Chris Mortensen. You ever meet Mort? Uh, I've seen him in person. Seen him. Definitely seen him. Never met him. Mort has been at ESPN forever, and he is very confident. Uh, extremely certain, almost, it seems, that the Panthers, who traded into that number one pick, will take Alabama quarterback Bryce Young at number one overall. Mort's actual quote, Bryce Young is the pick. Yes, connecting Frank Reich to C.J. Stroud in terms of the prototype of a guy that he's worked with in the past, but they all love Bryce Young. And I'll pair that with this. Uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN reports that six teams have called the Cardinals about the number three pick. Uh, So if Bryce Young goes one, if C.J. Stroud, as everyone believes, goes two in some order, those two guys, there are plenty of teams most likely calling to maybe get a quarterback at number three if the Cardinals pulled the trigger on that.
4: Yeah, I was trying to think about, like, who – those six teams might you be try to figure it out. I don't think it's that tough because okay, I mean it's if it, I'd say if you're the Colts and you don't want to get hopscotched, India. Okay. The Raiders who are at seven. Got it. Uh, we're hearing about the Titans but maybe wanting yep, to move up. Makes sense. That's three. I would say the Bucks are a Tampa are Bay, a possibility. Like that. Possibly like and we're talking about just calling, I don't think the commanders realistically like have the fortitude to go do this. That. But I would add them and as a – like the Falcons maybe, but I don't know on that one, but I thought maybe a, a juicy one could be the Patriots, although that goes mm. against their DNA to do something like that. We'll
3: get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, that's good. Those all make sense. Um, but the card – speaking of card, I think we have new head coach Jonathan Gannon uh, speaking on – is it this report specifically or just in general the what's happening at the draft?
5: It's just in general. Okay.
7: In general with Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> Every day I ask Monty, I'm like, Monty, what you doing with that pick? What you doing with that pick? He's like, you know what I'm doing with that pick. I, I don't know what you're doing with that pick.
4: <laughs> Sounds like they've got their uh, house in order.
3: That is Monty Osenfort he's referring to, the new general manager. And, uh, you know, you get the feeling that Gannon is one of those nice guys that you see it in these in this NFL world that might not quite know what he's getting himself into right now.
4: Yes, the only thing, though, is I've banned myself from even th- commenting on these things because of Nick Sirianni, who at this time, after being a couple months on the mm-hmm. job, looked like a flaming disaster from a PR dis- perspective. Can I give a counter to that? I mean, there have been some disasters. He was at yeah. least
3: joining an Eagles organization that you know the house is in order there. Yeah. Um, so what maybe we should have done, as the football guy was given Howie Roseman and company more credit for knowing and identifying someone, um, and there are reports out there about the Cardinals and ownership right, right now right. and right. all sorts of strife going on behind the scenes and it's leaking out. You know, I just think Gannon's in a tough situation here. I think we all agree. We've been talking about that. He, he just seems like a nice guy that I hope. I hope they give him an opportunity. I
4: think we'll get into that a little bit later. All too. All right,
3: leave it there. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Jeffrey Simmons. Oh, let's bring in the grave digger
2: on yes. this one.
3: Jeffrey Simmons. Now, that was a draft hit uh, by the Titans. Uh, the defensive lineman has been an absolute mauler uh, for Tennessee uh, since entering the league. And they signed Simmons to a four-year, $94 million contract extension. So, for every Jeff Okuda, uh in the draft, you could also get yourself a Jeffrey Simmons, a former first-round
5: pick who has been everything Tennessee could have hoped for and more. I'm sure you're feeling good about that move. I am, as a Titans fan, feeling pretty good about that move. Jeffrey Simmons was a guy that was, like, projected top 10 until he tore his ACL preparing for the Combine, and the Titans were able to get him a bit later. Mm. So that ended up working out pretty well, and now they have the guy, along with Harold Landry, that can anchor their defense, at least the defensive line, for the next few years.
4: Quentin Nelson called him the strongest defensive tackle he's ever faced. And he's, uh, you know, he gets comp to, he's sort of the second guy behind Aaron Donald, but a totally different body. Like, I mean, they, they do different things. And, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is the best player on their team, I think.
5: I think he is, too. And, you know, he's had, like, some of these incredible outburst games where he'll go for three sacks. Like, he had three sacks in the playoff loss to the Bengals a couple years ago. He had three sacks in that uh, win over the Rams at SoFi Stadium. I feel like
4: half that team had three sacks mm-hmm. against the Bengals <laughs> that Sunday. <laughs> Actually, it's true.
5: They had nine sacks as a team. Stupid. Um, but yeah, I think that this is just. a I mean, he's like when Mike Vrabel talks about the players they're looking for in the team. When Rand Carthon came on and was talking about like what makes an ideal Titan, he pointed to Jeffrey Simmons and Derrick Henry as like the guys that we that really look, represent our culture. And look
3: Grave Digger had the B roll ready of Simmons here. We're, if you're watching on YouTube, he just got just that domination.
5: Well, you'll
4: probably be watching on Instagram soon because this is clips. this will be cut off to be the social media clip of the day as well. So, <laughs> is
5: that true? If I were if I were to predict, <laughs> I might post it from my own Twitter. But I was actually thinking Dan's story about the the Zoom call would make for a good. Oh, I IG love that. All right, that's <laughs> Although that's just
4: don't you know. Yeah, I, share that with the family. Yeah, that's that's
3: absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, speaking of the Cardinals, I should have said this before. Bad job by me. But Cliff Kingsbury, former Cardinals head coach, is joining USC to work with the QBs, according to a report. Makes a lot of sense. Who's the head coach at USC now?
5: Lincoln Riley. Yeah, it's
3: Lincoln Riley, who's you know, obviously very secure in his job there. Um, and this is how it works, Mark. You know, these guys go to the NFL, and sometimes it goes okay, sometimes it goes bad bad, like Matt Rule. Sometimes it goes terribly, uh, which I almost would put Kingsbury in that category, but then they go home to college and, you know,
4: life's okay. Works with Caleb Williams. I mean, we just had a letter from Cliff Kingsbury, a pen pal letter on our last episode. And then within days he resurfaces from the far East and gets a new job. So Connect I don't Connect the dots. Even, yeah. Connect the dots. And finally in
3: the news, Carson Palmer, uh, former NFL quarterback, great quarterback, I liked him. He was like your prototypical pocket passer of the aughts.
4: That's what I would call him. I loved it. It's like Cardinals run as much as anything else.
3: Sure. Yeah, really good player. And I'll never forget being at the All or Nothing premiere in Hollywood with our friend Jason Zumwalt um, and seeing Carson Palmer belly up at the bar drinking Bud Heavies. The sun and everyone kind of orbiting around him checking in. Just total control of the room. That's that QB energy. Anyway, I like Palmer, but I don't like his comments on uh, quarterbacks and the idea that Patrick Mahomes is not the best quarterback in the league. It's the guy that plays for Cincinnati now.
0: I think Joe's the best quarterback in the league, and I think I know Patrick is phenomenal. But but I just think Joe's more consistent. Joe is just he. he, They talk about not having a weakness, mentally strong, physically tough, accurate, can throw it. Fire enough, fast enough, gets the ball out quick, and then he can actually do a lot with his legs. He just rarely shows it, and it's not. I, I think he's as athletic outside the pocket, with you know, and and can do a lot of the same things Patrick Mahomes has done. He hasn't done it and showed it yet. He's played more within
3: his system and 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 okay. style. But I I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Okay, so Mark, um, we got to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did it. I did it in January, but I learned my lesson, as we all have. We should at this point. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Patrick Mahomes is uh, the Super Bowl MVP. Patrick Mahomes proved it by beating uh, Joe Burrow's team on the on the path to the Super Bowl. And until Patrick Mahomes has proven that he is not
4: that guy, we got to start stop trying to crown other guys. Mahomes is like 26 years old. Well, everything he said about... Burrow is true. Yes. Except why where if he says, you know, he's he, he has no inconsistencies more consistent, like show me Patrick Mahomes' inconsistencies. Right. Show me like if you're if you're gonna counter anything that is there anything that he mentioned about Burrow that's less true of Mahomes? It's more true of Mahomes. So my other comment watching the video, if you watch it on YouTube, is that Jordan Palmer, they look very much alike, the two brothers. Yes. Jordan Palmer looks like if Carson Palmer just colored his beard hair uh, <laughs> and went back on camera. Right.
3: It's they look that It's slightly less
5: kind of— and He's younger, but— Yeah. Uh,
3: what is the credit? They do a podcast together? Is that it, buddy boy?
5: Yes, it's called The QB Room. I think it's Jordan Palmer's podcast, and Carson was on.
3: And listen, Jordan and Carson— know more about the quarterback position than in their, like, pinky nail than Mark and I. But sometimes you just, come on, let's not do this anymore. Just don't target Mahomes. Just go anywhere else. All right, let's take a break. That's what's happening in the news. And our good bud, Connor Orr, up next.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
7: It took 11 years to get to this sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leakproof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks.
5: Hey you. Shh.
7: For your ears only.
3: Ah, welcome secrets. back to around the NFL. Psst.
7: Come over here.
3: Irresponsible conspiracy we never theories. Had this conversation.
0: This goes. All the way to the top.
3: And if we're going to do a segment on conspiracy theories that are slightly irresponsible or maybe, maybe factual. Because we got a real journo in our midst, uh, a longtime friend and former colleague. Of course, we're talking about Connor Orr. What's up, buddy? Hello, friends. Hello. What's up? You're wearing a hat.
4: Hat guy now. Full-time hat guy. Connor's almost. looking good. I Every time I see Connor, he's looking more fit than the last time I well, saw Connor.
3: C- Connor is, we saw him at the Super Bowl and I'm just kind of in awe of, of the man. Not not that you've transformed yourself, but I feel like just as you've evolved is the better way. Uh, Connor's at the point where he's like, yeah, I eat one meal a day and I run 14 miles every morning at six and I spend seven hours with my kids and then I do hardcore journal reporting uh, anchoring the greatest sports <laughs> publication that's ever existed just like I have a mortgage it's just like the guy has got his stuff figured out and it's not that you didn't have your stuff figured out when we first knew you but you've been a man that's evolved on a path that we could all respect
4: you're like a star athlete because you're like 27 or something what are you going to do when you're 38 and you've already, already done all this stuff play baseball for the Birmingham Barons
6: yeah I think I mean obviously try out for the Mets
3: I think that's <laughs> the next move
6: <laughs> very you, excited about that
3: that what hat are we wearing today what is that
6: so this uh this is a good story so this is an Arizona State hat and um Weird. I had to purchase this on the fly I was the pool reporter for the Chiefs during the Super Bowl and this was my first Super Bowl as a bald <laughs> um, like, uh, as a as a ball. so follically
3: challenged, you've made the decision to to take it down to the base, and that's an yeah. issue. And our good friend, our late friend Chris Wessling, we learned so much from him about that. The importance to protect the dome uh, when you do hit that road in life.
6: Hundred percent. So I I didn't. I, I guess I don't know why I thought Arizona would be not a. <laughs> It's a desert hell hole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but standing there and when you're the poor reporter, you know, you really you have to be so locked in and uh, you have to take attendance. But the team doesn't want you to take attendance. And so they're not going to tell you who's not there and they're not going to give you a roster. Mm. And so I had like 30 pages printed off the team website that you're <laughs> frantically trying to cross off to make sure that everyone's there all the while. The sun is just burning Oof. a hole in my head. Like I, I and I, I, left practice and I took a shower and I, I felt like someone had split my head open with an axe. So the next day, I told Andy Reid, I was like, "Buddy, I had to go get a hat."
3: What big Andy <laughs> say? What big Red say?
6: Probably just say, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, all right." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah sure, sure, sure. I'm gonna go win the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All
3: right. Well, I'm glad <laughs> that you're, you're protecting yourself in that way, and uh, you know, because we're talking conspiracy theories. Uh, we knew you had we had to have Connor back on the show. Um, do you want to get us going? Do you want to throw? And again, these are somewhat irresponsible in some cases, conspiracy theories. But we know from talking with Connor that maybe in some cases, there are conspiracy theories that are rooted in fact. Sure. I don't know if we want to save that one, Connor, or you know, you tell me. But I know you have some type of exclusive for around the NFL, perhaps uh, later on in this segment.
6: Yeah, I'm going to save that one for the end. I have a true conspiracy theory that just for you guys, I have confirmed Mm,
3: an exclusive. All right. okay. why don't you get us going, though, with something a little less uh, concrete?
6: Um, Well, I think when you look at it uh, as everything does in the NFL where all the bodies are buried, where all the blood is stored, uh, it all goes back to the Manning family and there are currently four members of the Manning family who are shadow GMs for various NFL franchises, two of which uh, are the Packers and the Steelers. The plan would obviously be to have the little Manning child who's in Texas um, pipelined to one of the elite franchises just like they did with Eli and the Giants and uh-huh. restore that franchise to glory and further solidify their vice grip on
3: uh, on the NFL. So you're referring to 17-year-old Arch Manning?
6: Yeah, I forgot his name for a second. I knew it was something silly. <laughs> yes, it's Arch. Yeah. The, the the little the little Manning boy. Yes. Interesting. Well, so
4: hold on. So that's there are three other teams currently. Are we saying that are you saying that Peyton and Eli are two of these GMs?
6: Cooper. I think I think I think Olivia's heavily involved. Uh Heavily. Know, I, okay. I th- yeah, yeah. I mean Olivia like the mother is obviously um the grandmother. Uh like um did you ever see um oh gosh, um uh, the Ozarks? The
3: like the region of the country, of oh, the, the program. Show. No, I, to, uh, I watched season yes. one and then a lost. Yeah. Okay. go on. Um,
6: I'm I'm not going to spoil anything here, but I think that there is certainly an overlooked aspect to many criminal enterprises okay. where the maternal figure is center and very powerful, like the eldest matriarch. And I do think that the Arch's grandmother holds uh, uh, some serious <laughs> weight here. I like that.
3: So, but just in terms of being involved, we got Eli, Peyton, Cooper. Is the patriarch involved? Is Archie? Uh, Archie would be right. Well, I
6: think I think Cooper's obviously too close, right? And so you'd need him a step removed, which got is it. why you know you you would have the grandmother sort of making a lot of the the heavy hitting. She's moves, like the kingmaker.
4: You know? I got it.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
4: Well, they're great thespians then too because they come across as sort of an affable, like punch you in the shoulder brother duo on ESPN, yes. and then suddenly they're doing this behind the scenes.
3: Uh, is like Eli like the bag man? Is he the one that's really uh, you wouldn't think, but he's the one that's, you know, when the trash needs to be taken out, he's prominently involved.
6: No doubt. And I think this is where the uh, definitely where the arrows and the dots were connected for me. Uh, I was at a bank the other day um, <laughs> inside the inside the banks. I was inside a bank headquarters the mm-hmm. other day, and gigantic photo of Eli Manning. Doing some sort of generic business deal. I mean, and and this stuff obviously was you know you're, this isn't public facing stuff, mm. and so I do think that there are there are some breadcrumbs out there yeah. certainly.
3: I mean, the blood money you can see it dripping from the bottom of that sack.
4: I mean, the Eli Just... Manning bank photo has to be my favorite part of this entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's a good one.
3: That's a good way to start things off. Mark, you want to share something?
4: I know that um, Connor has some Cardinals esque. Uh, themes here, and I wonder if we're digging into some similar stuff. I want to just present what I have been um, working with here. It, this is not. This does not even feel like a conspiracy theory. But the Cardinals, to me, feel like the NFL's next great tank job, Ooh. where they brought in Jonathan Gannon with a promise of like, we're not going to one and done you. You're going to go through utter hell for the next season. Plus, but my my theory is that Kyler Murray will never play another snap for the Cardinals. Interesting. That they are, that the last thing they want to do is have Kyler Murray come back from his ACL injury um, and guide the team to victories when they're truly aiming for the bottom of the barrel. I think that inside the building, there's a couple different sort of AKA titles for this operation. Um, Red Dawn by those who were around (laughs) in the 80s. (laughs) Um, Scarlet Apocalypse. And then um, this is rising up. Little Red Riding Hood is now an adult. Um, and I just think it speaks <laughs> to the phases of this program. It's and that mouthful. Kyler Murray, to me, is absolutely uh, my number one targeted trade bait for middle of the next season um, when, they, when it's apparent that he's healthy again uh, or after next season. But I do not think he'll ever play another snap for the Cardinals ever again. Shroom, 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 shroom. <laughs> right. So the plan. I think you move all assets. So number one, it's like, oh, they're interested in trading the number three pick. Well, I think that's happening, first of all, because you're going to get all you can. And then you trade your franchise quarterback because Mm -hmm. was he paired with – the whole vision was Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray – are you know two peas in a pod? Like they can just do this thing together. They know each other so well, and it failed epically. And I don't think the Kyler Murray experience in general is made for a two to three season um, trip into deep hell on any level. I don't think that's how he's built from the neck up. And I think you hit the ejector seat, get all you can over the next two seasons, and rebirth yourself as a new Arizona Cardinals team. All right,
3: Connor, you you cover the league uh, for Monday Morning Quarterback, Sports Illustrated is there smoke and fire here to this conspiracy theory that the Cardinals want to go to in 15 and they want to blow up the entire the entire thing are you hearing anything like that out there
6: well it's funny I did um uh <laughs> which was not uh wasn't very well received but I did a, a <laughs> article the other day uh called the uh the five teams who need to tank for Caleb Williams and um the Cardinals were number two on my list because now this isn't what I had prepared for today, but I do think, I think you're right, Mark. I think that Caleb Williams and Drake may in particular are generational level QB prospects. And you know, you're not going to be able to do it this year because Kyler's not healthy. You probably aren't going to be able to trade him until like right before the trade deadline, if you wanted to, or, or obviously early next year. So I do think it's a complete asset dump and it would, it would jibe. Theoretically, with the fact that, you know, you saw a lot of revolving door stuff with that coaching search, right? A lot of guys coming in and a lot of people saying, well, I'll Mm -hmm. take my chances anywhere else in the world than this.
3: (laughs) And, you know, it's a small world or perhaps another red string here. Cliff Kingsbury now on that coaching staff at USC, Mm. Caleb Williams. I don't know. That's odd. I'm just you put it on the board with the red string and you leave it there and maybe it connects back to something else. I don't know. Let's do another one.
6: I, I just had I just want to read what I had written down because yes. clearly I didn't I didn't take the assignment uh, uh, as usual. This like, happens. Uh, <laughs> um, I just have written down in my notes um, the burner phones had nothing to do with Steve kime the franchise is a front for the modern Genovese family, and then <laughs> I just have I just have three other sentences. Well, I guess like two other thoughts here. It was wind energy, um, and then um, am, am I allowed to? I, I know I wasn't in the past, but am I allowed to name a large cell phone carrier on this podcast? Absolutely. Or should I? Just, Why not? Okay. Go yeah. for it. Uh, and then obviously Verizon. So Verizon, right, wind wind energy. That's all. That's all in there. So
3: um, you know, I, I think, think we could see that pop.
6: That's a somewhere.
4: responsible conspiracy theory. Yeah,
3: and yeah. by the way, you're right on target with the, the exercise's goal, which is to make people think and, again, get some red string on the board and we see what connects to what. Don't laugh when you see this
6: on ProPublica in, like, six months. <laughs> that's all I'm saying.
3: Let's head to New England. Let's do it. And, and um, Connor, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I think you have a, a theory there as well. But I'll start things off. You know, there's way too much smoke here with this Belichick-Kraft-Max situation. There's got to be some fire. There's got to be fire. That's my walking. Let me try that again. There's got to be fire. It's fine. It's solid. It's a a six out of ten tops. Anyway, so what's going on? My theory is that it's an all-out war behind the scenes on the Patriot Way right now. And Kraft, Bob Kraft is 81 years old and he's looking toward a final chapter of his hall of fame ownership career and i think he's looking at it without bill belichick in mind just as bill a few years back was thinking about the next phase for his career without tom brady and how do i best put myself in position to be a success and cement my legacy i think Kraft is now doing the same thing in his mind and as for bill i believe and one can surely understand his side of this that after six titles and nine Super Bowl appearances, that should be enough to have total control of the football operations, especially at the game's most important position. But Bill wants a new quarterback. I think the reporting out there that he I think Florio PFT had reported that he had put Mac Jones on the market. The report that we heard, and Tom Kern, who's a guy that we trust around here, said how Belichick was, quote, pissed off, that Mac had went outside the building and talk to his old Alabama coaches, figuring out how to fix the offense uh, under Matt Patricia, who was completely underwater. And and Mac didn't hide how frustrated he was by that. And I think that showed up Belichick. Remember, Bill Belichick benched Malcolm Butler, was it? In the Super Bowl against the Eagles. We still don't even know why. He did something to tick him off or challenge him in some way or, or another. I think that's a major issue. So anyway, Bill Wants a new QB. Kraft is throwing up roadblocks. And I think in the end, one way or the other, it almost certainly will bring down the curtain on a historic partnership between these two men. Um, Really, no matter what happens this year, I think this is it for Belichick and Kraft. I
6: love it. Um, And I do think that, um, before I kind of get to the meat and potatoes behind it, I do think that, he deserves the right to be old and effective and ineffective and i just think i think there's something very american at stake here you know in Mm. this whole thing where You know, I just don't want to see a seventy-year-old man get pushed off the assembly line because he's just a little slow. And I likened it to—I wrote a column about this. Like, imagine you just have a—you know—you're a legendary pizza maker, and you've built this successful business. And yeah, okay, now a couple crusts are burned every now and then, and and you're just gonna—you're just gonna throw this guy in the middle of the street. I mean, if Bill Belichick—if I were the owner of the Patriots, and Bill Belichick said. I want all of my lacrosse buddies from Andover High School to make up the entirety of the coaching staff. And between the the first and second quarters of every game, I'd like to just sit at a <laughs> white folding table and have a cappuccino on the sideline without my headset on. I'd say, go for it. I mean, you've earned it. There has to be this like, there has to be something to aspire to in terms of like being able to slack off and be lazy. And right. I feel like Bill Belichick has earned that.
3: Right, like senioritis as a high school student, you've yeah. you've, you've earned that right to kind of not work as hard. Now, Mark, I guess the ownership is going to have a different viewpoint on that, especially though. And I, I think, think there's, they might. there's ego involved here, and I think, and we've talked about it with Greg. Like Kraft wants a piece of this legacy that it was him as well, not just Tom and Bill. It's me, and that's why that was Rosema. I we're not going to play it, uh, though. I asked Justin to pull it, but sorry, Justin. Um, those comments that, that Kraft made, but basically putting it out there that it felt like it was winner playoffs or else uh, for Belt it just felt so strange because who we're talking about.
4: Yeah, I, I lost sandwich a sandwich prop years ago um, suggesting that Bill Belichick would secretly meet with the New York Giants during an impasse in that franchise's coaching um, tumult and just join up with the – there was the clips of him walking through the Meadowlands – in the complex and just like shedding a tear over those old Giants memories and the pictures on the wall. And it just seems like there isn't any given Sunday Al Pacino type scenario where a Belichick, who people are ready Ooh, to write ah. off, goes to team B with quarterback X and starts all over and proves everyone wrong. Because I don't really take him to be a lost old doddering man quite yet. Um, I think that the Patriots have just hit a part of their history where they're in a down cycle, and he's not putting up with them. I think Mac Jones is not on this roster come week one. At this point, that seems Whoa. almost real to me. Wow. Hey, Connor, what about
3: the idea, by the way, uh, you know Wickersham, who's a competitor of yours, let's let's be honest, ESPN <laughs> investigative reporter. Licking no, his, never heard of him. Licking his no, chops. Okay. Licking his chops. He wants to have the long-form Breaking down this war that, according to this irresponsible conspiracy theory, is going on actively, you kind of have a leg up now because we're having this almost thought exercise beating Wickersham to market.
6: It, it I mean, it, it nothing w- makes me feel better, and, and you know, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just drop this on him. Sure. You know, all along, I think that Belichick's plan has been to. Uh, by the patriots from robert Kraft um by (laughs) using his connections to uh, you know like he's amassing a small fortune uh via nantucket real estate and i think that um also has some prior connections unknown uh with a uh, croatian chemicals and plastics company which can be used to devalue the product of craft foods and craft enterprises uh, to the point uh, where you would you would be able to lower the sale price and then sort of yeah, yank it from them and then and then so, just erase craft off the wait, face I, of the you, earth. When we yeah.
4: when we discussed this segment, I I am the one that got the the entire thing wrong because I read it as completely responsible conspiracy theories. Oh no, irresponsible. I mean, I would say that I've come up with a laundry list of responsible ones, and I'm listening to what Connor's done. I'm just like – I'm just a listener to the show at this point and enjoying it. I mean, I could just – I could double-check to
3: make sure I didn't have a typo in the text. Oh, no,
4: because I, I classically get – I did come up with two quick hitters that – Connor, I think you might like this. Can I just best. say
3: on, on the point that – because the it's one the thing that – Nantucket I, business. Was not – yeah, we're going to get to that. I just want to say the, the thing that was like, how does it work for Bill Belichick because he's not – He's not a B billionaire, but you're saying to depress the assets and craft enterprise market to the point where, where he exits the B club, and then that opens the door perhaps for some type of bear hug. Just, that's Correct. Like talk, by, yeah.
6: He would be. He would be just backed by. I mean, I, I you know, I, I said uh, obviously the Croatian chemical and plastic <laughs> community. <laughs> I think I because I think that not a lot of people are talking about. That that aspect of it for sure. All
3: right, and Nantucket,
1: Mark.
4: Well, no, he mentioned Belichick's Nantucket's, you know, his Nantucket connections, and there's a lot of money up there. I would not, I would a lot not of
6: doubt. Land, real estate. Uh, like during the pandemic, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he had sold six or seven multi-million dollar properties. Mm-hmm. You know,
3: interesting food for thought. Uh, by the way, here was the text <laughs> yesterday at 11:26. Connor Orr will join us tomorrow. Irresponsible but feasible conspiracy theories. (laughs)
4: Okay, I missed the second part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there's there's some muddy no, some muddy of, of of intentions there, but I I mean it's created a an fascinating There's nothing that
3: Connor's thrown out there. The Croatia part maybe, but like otherwise it's fairly feasible everything that's been thrown out.
4: There's logic. Uh, I, I I am it's starting to bridge a gap logically to me with each of these things. Well, now we're
3: talking how the sausage gets made. Oh. Uh all right, let's pause right here and we'll be right back with more conspiracy theories.
7: Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks
4: All right, we're back. Uh, Connor, uh, who's up? Do you want to go again, Mark? I had two quick ones. Um, Connor, I wonder if you would uh, buy into this. And it's just one single sentence. Well, the first one was from 1987 to 1996, the Lombardi Trophy was secretly made of cocaine, but that that does not fall (laughs) under feasible. But... How about this? I believe that the like the inside, like if you cracked it open, like a Cadbury egg. Well, you can do incredible things with um, the processing of a cocaine. You can make furniture <laughs> out of it, all sorts of things. So I just think that it was kind of like a big, Very a big fu to everyone that that's sort of what was going on for a, a moment a in real time. Real treat
3: there. in like '87, sure, so especially
4: those '89 Niners. Yeah. Um, I I think that the owners have a second secret owners meeting that none of us ever hear about. Kind of like, uh, you know, out on that island with the large... Bohemian Grove. Yes, like a similar Uh, situation where it's like, that's how they're always figuring out what to do together, and they're in lockstep, and it's not happening at the little one where there's a bunch of nerdy reporters running around trying to spy them the at dinner and stuff. It's like, no, no, no. Away from all these little scribes and people and anyone else and just have our own secret gathering.
3: Kind of like Skull and
4: Bones at Yale? I think so. And you I know what? I
3: I don't think there's any doubt. Can I throw just a little? I don't think all the owners are allowed.
4: I it. don't think the Haslam's have been invited of late.
3: I think it's 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 <laughs> the cream of the crop. It's the real disruptors and the ones who make the product.
4: Absolutely.
6: It's just like a big billboard that's like eleven dollar beers and no guaranteed contracts.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah. Who leads it? Who's is it? Jarrah?
4: I would think he'd be at the top of the, the list. Like, there's
3: got to be someone with the gavel. Who's got the gavel? Mark Murphy.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Definitely not Mark Murphy.
4: Uh,
3: that's good. Uh, <laughs> yes, Mark Murphy. The meeting is adjourned. Power players of the universe. Connor, give us another one. Okay,
6: so this is the true one. You ready for this?
3: Are we ready for yes, true Yes, I one? think so. Yeah, we're ready.
6: All right, nice little plug for SI.com because you it. can read about this later this week, Okay. I have confirmed via ancestry.com Uh-oh. that there is an actual bloodline descendant of a Norse god who is flaming his way onto draft boards everywhere. Whoa. And by next week will be one of the hottest names in the draft.
3: Let's hear it. Who is it?
6: Actually you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go to SI.com on Friday. I'm telling you.
3: Plug it. <laughs> Boom. But actual I'm te- like, Norse n- ancestry. Actual. Wow.
6: Like actual Norse God level bloodline. God. When
4: you see this player, what, does it surprise you to learn that, Connor? like This a- person looks
6: like a Viking, like an absolute oh, Viking hero. Oh, I think I know who
3: this is. Is he a skilled player? No, you know what?
4: I'll leave it save there. it for then friday
6: yep. si si.com/nfl some point this week that's a that's a fucking plug dude
3: boom that might be one of the best plugs in the history of the show we have done like 1500 episodes <laughs> he just did a multi-day teaser <laughs> involving a, a potential godlike figure entering our league i want to the numbers on that article that blog post mostly, mostly because <laughs> i
6: don't know when it's running yet but um yeah i i uh, yeah
3: uh, Let's see. I have a few more. Elway didn't jump. He was pushed. Tony Romo's quiet, quitting the booth. No, let's go with this one. Um, what are the Raiders thinking at quarterback? They signed Jimmy G and let Derek Carr go. All right, that's fine. Whatever. Save some money. Kind of got the same quarterback. Whatever. Then they let a compelling backup in Jared Stidham go to a division rival on the first day of free agency. Hmm. That's a little bit weird. We got Jimmy G, guy's like the most injury-prone quarterback in the league. And we got a quarterback that we like in the building that threw for 365 and three against Niners on New Year's Day. I oh, just let him go. Why? Oh, because they had someone else they like better. Brian Hoyer? He's like 400 years old. Josh McDaniel's favorite, of course. He's actually 37. But clearly he's in the, you know, I'm a coach on the field, third-string guy phase of his career. Which is a nice place to be. I know you like Brian Hoyer, Mark.
4: I do, as a person. But that's, you know,
3: let's be, let's be serious. He's not an actual number two in our league at this point. They have four picks in the top 100, and I think they know that they have enough ro- roster holes that they want to use that to build up the roster outside their quarterback room. So how about this? Their Jimmy G contingency plan, it's hiding in plain sight. It's a guy that's where, I don't know where home is, but it's still, he's working out somewhere, and uh, he's doing the football exercises and eating right. Tom Brady is ready for the call in October when Jimmy G breaks his ankle, and I don't want that to happen. Or if Jimmy G goes down, Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady, it's happening. That's their backup plan. He is their backup quarterback.
4: There was, there was a lot of, buzz to Tom Brady to the Raiders back then before he retired. I don't think that's an, that's a, I like that. And if, if they, I'll be
3: wrong. Of course, if they go and take a quarterback high in this draft, I'm wrong. And I'll raise my hand and say, Hey, this conspiracy theory was irresponsible. No, I'm kidding. I'll never mention this again, but if they (laughs) don't draft a quarterback, book it, it is Brady through phone calls and back channels. Who is the guy that will be ready to step into the lineup, he'll know the offense, he'll be in contact with uh, McDaniels throughout the summer and into the fall. Who is that guy who steps in if Garoppolo's body betrays him once more?
6: I think that what we all assume, and maybe even Tom Brady thinks he retired, but you don't actually retire until like the Raiders or the Titans or one of these teams that's like six and three in October Mm. calls you and is like, come and fulfill the like that massive hole in your life right now. And, and be our quarterback. And I don't think it's far, far to reach. I mean, how many of these insane stories have we heard of coaches just calling like 45 year old men out of pure desperation, like Bruce Arians and Kurt Warner or, um, Speaking of Seth Wickersham, the uh, the hilariously bad text that Frank Reich sent to Andrew Luck in the middle of like a lost (laughs) season. Do you remember that the uh... um, SOS by the police was on and he pulled over on the side of the road and texted Andrew Luck sending out an SOS.
3: Oh, that's bad. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I like the police like, they a lot, but They don't care about bad.
6: anybody. They don't care about anybody but themselves. <laughs> and of course, Tom Brady is finally going to be like finding a purpose. Like he'll be making bonsai gardens or he'll like he'll discover this other passion and flair for life. And McDaniels will just be like, we got to make the playoffs. Tommy,
4: can you come in here? You know, we just got to get a Reese Witherspoon to sign off on this at this point.
3: Uh, <laughs> exactly. Sending out an SOS was the first line. Of that text message uh, you're referring to, and uh, it was added that uh, the answer was no, <laughs> just flat out just no. No. <laughs> no, like play on words, like no, like every breath you take, I'll be rooting for you. Just like no,
5: <laughs> I got. It would have
6: been great if he if he did respond like every move you make, every step you t- no. <laughs> no,
3: no,
5: exactly. Oh no, um, so know, daddy. What was that? Oh so no, daddy. <laughs> I
3: don't know that one.
5: Tom Brady, Monday Night Football. Post game.
3: Right, right,
5: right. All right, Anybody? you got another one, Mark? Got
3: one
4: more? I I do think that over the next uh, Fortnite Plus, we are going to hear whispers. Fortnite is two weeks, everybody. Old love dies hard. I think we're going to hear whispers of Trey Lance on his way out of San Francisco as Kyle Shanahan makes one more final play to bring Kirk Cousins on board. I, the Bryce, the, the Brock Purdy thing bothers me in conjunction with all that. But I just think that there's going to be a little bit of smoke. You're going to hear something, a nugget of some sorts, that the Niners are always looking for quarterbacks. Like I don't care who's on the roster, they're connected to Tom Brady left and right. There's whispers about them having looked into Aaron Rodgers all over the place after they had taken Trey Lance. It's like Trey Lance is an unproven product that you could m- probably move for. In a deal like that, and there's always been a little bit of a man crush between Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins.
3: Interesting. The conspiracy here is the – what is the conspiracy?
4: Well, I guess it's more of a prediction. I told you I'm not sure I nailed this exercise, but it was the it last be, thing the, on my list.
3: It could be something there, though.
4: I, I think they would think all, that, they'd all deny it heavily. That's yes. an
3: important part of a
6: conspiracy. Denials. There's a little doubt that they are scheming. They're always scheming. Right. You know, like there's like, there's just groups of coaches, like, you know, the pre-draft press conference where they all come up and they just be like, oh, oh we can't say anything. But like those guys come up always looking like they have just buried a body, you know, and that there's just something seriously nefarious going on.
3: I got it. Red string. We got the red string board. We just went through all these. Connect the red string between the Patriots and the Niners on this one. Belichick has been in heavy conversations behind the scenes about Mac Jones. That was Kyle's. Kyle's guy he wanted. That's right. In the draft. That's who he wants. And if he could offload Trey Lance and that first round salary. But again, there's a war behind the scenes potentially.
4: What about a Mac Jones, Jimmy G flip-flop with the Raiders?
0: Spicy. All the way to the top.
4: Spicy. Connor,
3: you've said it all. And I cannot wait for that article to land.
6: Thanks for having me on, guys. It was good to see you. It's always fun.
3: It's always fun. Are you going to be in Kansas City for the draft? No way. (laughs) Nor will we. So when will we see each other again?
6: Um, I don't know. What kind of like uh tent pole league events? Like what's our what's our schedule looking like? You can have your people call my people. Okay. We can uh I like that by the way, yeah you, ever since I brought up that you used a booker on me one time, you've booked me directly. And oh, booking it, it means right. a lot. It me, it makes me feel <laughs> incredibly special.
3: Well it's a, that's you gotta massage the talent and uh you had <laughs> sent through a direct channel, not even a back channel, your displeasure there. So we had to we had to clean it up, basically, and, and make Connor feel special. Mend those fences, absolutely. Pat him on his hiney and say, we love you. At the end of
6: the day, it's what it's all about.
3: All right. We do love you, Connor. And thank you for giving us so much time. And follow Connor on Twitter and, of course, his writing and everything else uh, at SI, including the Big Scoop, a actual Norse god-level bloodline connected to a draft prospect. And you will learn who that is. Eat it, Wickersham. Through Connor Orr, on Friday, when it drops, there he goes. I mean, that's a that's a mic drop.
4: You know, like Wickersham's like one of the nicest people around. Well,
3: sometimes you have to manufacture um, conflict. I mean, that's and rivalries. Yeah, and you can't tell me that there's not there's not a little juice there, a little Orr. Sham God. He
4: did not. De- he did not deny it.
3: Did you ever? Yeah. At any point did Connor say, "Hey guys, lay off that"?
4: that. No, he didn't. He no, didn't. I think
3: he took that as a challenge.
4: I may be overstepped by even suggesting that he's nice, because clearly there's some other aspect to Seth's character that we don't know about.
3: Now I feel like we're diving in too deep on it, but Seth, keep on doing your thing. All right, Gravedigger. Anything else?
5: We didn't even talk about how the day we were meeting Connor at the Super Bowl that. We were just, me and Mark and a couple people and Connor were sitting in a bar for how long, just kinda waiting for our meetup to take place. Do you remember this, Dan? Uh... (laughs) As you wandered the streets of Phoenix. Trying to find the bar. We were oh yeah, in. that was
3: yeah a <laughs> logistical nightmare. I I kind of put that out of mind. But we did see Connor briefly at the Super Bowl. That is true.
4: That's right before the game. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So that. But and then we then we actually ran into him in the upper deck at the stadium. Right. On Super Bowl Sunday and had a nice conversation. And I love Connor. He's a good dude. A great man. A great man. All right. That's it for today's show. We're going to be back on Thursday, right? Thursday, does that sound right? Correct. Uh, And Eric Edholm will do some more draft uh, talk, breaking down that situation and uh, anything else that's happening in our league. Until then. Good app, Mark. Good app. I had fun. Good, good. That's important. I hope the the audience enjoyed it. (laughs) What? (laughs) Heed the call. (laughs)